You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we talk to Tracy Havlek all the way from the United States of America. Tracy is a PE teacher and a personal trainer, and she even coaches hurdles and track, amongst a number of other things. Her story is one of someone who just loves to move, and I'm sure you will get a lot out of it. Enjoy. Welcome to Fit My Fit Body. Today, we have Tracy Havlick all the way from the United States to chat with us about her running journey. So welcome, Tracy. Thanks for having me. I just I, ran home from work to do this. And that is exciting. You can tell us about that a bit in a minute. Um, I just, Tracy's not somebody that I have talked to before, so it's really exciting for me to unfold who is Tracy and, and how does running fit into her life and what does it look like? So I'm very excited to share you with everyone, but at the same time, learn a bit about you myself at the same time. So thank you for jumping on. No problem. All right. Let's, let's start from well, the start. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up about 30 minutes from where I live right now. So I haven't wandered too far. Um, small town of 2000 people. And I was the only girl in my grade on the track team. Oh, but wow. I had a small, I had a small class. So, um, yeah. so that was, that's where I'm from. Ogden, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. That's like in the we middle, right, isn't it? Sort of in the right middle in the Iowa. middle of the United States. And I never realized how far North I was until I started paying attention, looking like, man, I'm almost in Canada. No, you know, I mean, I'm one state from Canada, Min Minnesota is North of us. And then it's Canada. Wow. I never realized, like, I always think of Iowa being more like smack in the middle, but we're a little farther North central. And so you, it would snow, I assume. Yes. It just did that last night. I got a run in in the morning before the storm came in. It was like 40 degrees and calm. And then today I woke up or last night it was nine degrees and like 30 mile an hour winds. So I was happy to Sometimes in that kind of weather, um, I'm not sure where we else come from, but this time of year in Iowa, um, I plan my runs around the weather. Wow. Because yeah. most people, obviously, and a lot of people who listen to this are in Australia, but not everyone. We do have people all over the world as guests and, and as listeners, thanks to the World Wide Web, um, yes. <laughs> being able to be everywhere. However, we just don't have those extremes. Um, and so we don't most people that I run with, and certainly for me, our running um, is, yeah, I mean, it, it gets cold. We get three, might run in three degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's certainly I not snowing. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's not snowing <laughs> though. So that idea of having to, you know, really be mindful of the weather unless it's too hot sometimes in the middle of summer but not yeah. so much where I am but in certainly in many parts of Australia it's probably that happens. The, warm, the warmth yes that happens here in the summer so we're opposite weather right mm, so yes we are we're winter here right now in November December January so we're just entering just starting to enter those 
that time of year where no more tank tops and shorts. Now it's like double the laundry because you have, you know, all the layers and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So yes, oh. it's that time of year. Cool. It's fascinating. Um, I personally, I mean, we'll get into you a bit more in a minute. But <laughs> you had um, Christmas one time in the cold, like, because it's always hot for our, like warm Christmases. Yeah, so that would be, yeah. It's weird, isn't it, for you? Isn't that it? would be, that would be strange. That would be very weird. But because we're so westernized down here in Australia, a lot of, and a lot of our movies and popular culture things come from, you know, England or America. So we see all of our Christmas movies and all of our, that anything around Christmas is always wintry, like that we watch. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny for us. Even our car, kind of our Christmas cards will have snow on them. And it's like, I yeah. never had snow at Christmas. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, that would be... not even cold on Christmas. So. Yeah, it would be different. I just had a friend up here that we actually, he's from Argentina and uh, we met he was interested in running and he lived here and we were talking about the same for him like yeah. it's getting warmer now down there and he was showing, he lives like three blocks off the beach and I was like oh. I don't like you <laughs> <laughs> you've got skiing and things like that skiing's fun yeah. well, snow sports are awesome yes okay so you you grew up not far from where you are in um yeah. in Iowa and um you said mentioned track so yeah. obviously sport was a thing for you at school? Yes. Yeah. Actually, like the first time I figured out that I was fast, um, I wasn't, we had, we had a track meet in fourth, like in elementary school, we had yeah. minute, the, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but we had a track meet and I was in like the 40 yard dash and I beat all the boys in oh, that. Wow. So how, how so old was, is that? How old is elementary school? Or, Just, I was again, probably we, nine. Or, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, ten years old, mm -hmm. yeah. and so, and I won. I beat that race. I beat everybody. Yeah, we won't talk about the high jump that I tried to do because that was atrocious. <laughs> but yeah, I beat all the boys, so that was kind of the first seed of speed in my head. You so know. So can you? How did you feel about that? So was that like a? Oh wow, this is great. Yeah. Self esteem because I'm a redhead. I'm pale, freckly yeah. redhead. So. Um, that made me feel good. It gave me that started that seed of made me feel good and different and special. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. You know, because I was made fun of. You know, kids guys, kids are me. You know, I I had great friends and I was you yeah. know everything band choir. I was in all the things, but it made me feel special yeah. that I I recognized that at a younger age that it um, I stood out yeah. when it came to running. So and and that's when I started. Uh, running track in junior high we start track in seventh grade so I was 14 mm -hmm. and for some reason I don't know why I ended up hurdling but <laughs> I think I was just like I'll do it I'll try it and so it started with hurdles all through high school and college and it just started it continued so really my running career has started since, since seventh grade so you would I've have been... you'd say you would have called yourself a runner at that point or would you yeah uh no no, no. I guess I mean I was you know, at that age, you know, anything over a mile, you're going to die, you know? So, and I actually tell a lot of kids I teach that, uh, you know, when I tell them like, oh, someday you'll run that like, oh, never. And I'm like, if I would have been your age, I would have said the same thing. I said, I don't think I ran more than three miles in a row until I was like a senior in college. Oh, wow. You know, I was a 400 hurdler, hundred hurdler, 400. So that's all I, that's all I did until I was 21, 22, you know, I didn't do anything over 400. Did you have cross country at school? 
Do you, do you know what that we is? Did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> we did. Yep. And I, coached, yeah, I coach cross country yeah. and track and uh, I played volleyball. Oh, wow. That's Never amazing. ran cross country. I know a lot of the kids assume because I've coached cross country yeah. and they all assumed that I was a runner and I'm like, no, I didn't start running uh, longer distance stuff until yeah. after I graduated from college. Oh, wow. So, um, at school, well, back a little bit more about your family. Were you, do you have siblings? Yep. I have a sister. I'm the oldest of three. So that's why I'm bossy and talk a lot. <laughs> I'm the oldest of <laughs> of four or five because I've got a half, yeah. half sister too. So I'm a yep. bit bossy too. <laughs> yep. I have a, it's myself and then my sister's four years younger than me. And then my brother is four and a half, five years younger than me. So, and were they sporty as well? Did they get into uh, not my sister wasn't into the sports as much softball running mm. was not her thing. Um, she tried it, just wasn't her thing. And then my brother actually, I don't know if he still has the record, but he had the record, um, for cross country at my high school. Oh, wow. He had the record and I had the record in 400 hurdles, but somebody broke that record. So that's annoying. Uh, (laughs) I still have the record for stolen bases in softball, however. Oh, wow. I didn't know that until the girls that I used to coach here. My daughter's a senior in high school and they were there at the school for volleyball or something. And they're, your name's still up in the board for like stolen records in softball. And I was like, really? I had no idea. So that's so cool. So I guess I did recognize that speed factor in other sports like softball. Yeah, it was it's supportive, isn't it? Running, I think, yeah, can be used in so many other parts of our lives, yeah. not to yep. just catch the bus. But I kind of um, forgot about that because I'd get up to bat and then the coaches would be like, speeds up or quit. You know, they'd say, like, tell, yell that yeah. I was fast. So they knew they had to, like, hurry up to throw the ball to first base because I was going to beat them, you know, <laughs> to first base. Oh, wow. And it was frustrating because a few times it was like almost a tie. And so I started getting mad. So I started sliding into first base to see if I could beat the ball there, but it didn't work. Oh, you just got really dirty, I guess. I was like, okay, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, can we, so I was going to ask about your parents. Were they very supportive of, of all of you being? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Being sporty heard- and. Mm. Yeah, yeah. My dad coached me um, in softball when yeah. I was really young. Mm-hmm. He was my coach. When I was like second grade, so mm-hmm. like eight, nine years old, that was my first experience with sports with softball. And he coached me. And then I started thinking, like, you know, I don't remember my mom going to all of my stuff as much as my dad when I was yeah. in track. Cause I remember riding back with him and we'd always talk about the meet, you know, mm-hmm. have a special time together um, bond, you know, after the meet talking. And, um, but I, then I started thinking, like, well, I was the oldest. She had my sister at home going to different sports. And then she had my brother at home going to different sports. Yeah. So, that's why I mean she was at some of the meets but I just remember my dad being there more just because she had other kids to yeah they had to spread out so far (laughs) so do they do any kind of sport themselves or you know exercise yeah my my mom was really sporty in school she used to talk about the tether ball game around the yeah Uh, what do we call that we call that I only bought one recently for what's of my grandchildren. <laughs> oh, like it beat each other up with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. Yes. <laughs> so she always bragged about how she would beat the boys at recess at that game. And then I don't know about my, my dad played ball, you know, some sports in college. They weren't as like as competitive as I am, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but they are like, they're in their seventies and my dad still go, they both had knee replacements. My dad yeah. still, dad goes and plays pickleball. Um, pickleball. Pickleball. What is that? You have pickleball? 
It's very big. It's gotten really big in the United States in the last like three or four years. So pickleball, it's like a paddle and a wiffle ball, but the, you know what a wiffle ball? Not really. A A plastic ball with holes in it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So it's a little bit harder of a ball. It's plastic with holes and you have a wooden paddle and the court is smaller yeah. than a tennis court. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and then you, and the, it's a, the net's a little bit shorter. So it's kind of like tennis, but you've got a wooden paddle yeah. and a ball, a plastic ball with holes in it. Yeah. Okay. So that's pickleball. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You can look it up later. Yeah. It's a popular, we teach it. I teach PE and health. So I'm a physical education teacher and health yeah. teacher. So we play that. So it's I a see. different net game. Oh, there you go. It's oh, been a I'm lot of look it up. So yeah. a lot of the retirement communities in the United States, like pickleball is really big. So why is why is it big in the retirement community? I think it's just because it's a. I'm thinking because it's a smaller court. So they have to run as so, quite you as. You know, much. tennis is a lot. Yeah, I'm mm. thinking it's probably a little easier, and they play doubles a lot too. Mm. So you just have a smaller space to cover. But when you yeah. play singles, it's pretty competitive. Yeah. It gets pretty competitive at my school when we play. The kids want to do tournaments and. Oh, wow. Then they think they can beat me and I'm not going to let them, you know. Ah, yes. <laughs> so that's kind of stuff that my parents have done. And they do, they're in their 70s still. So we have this RAGBRAI. It's registered, it's an annual great bike ride across Iowa. Yeah. So it's a week long, it's about 80 miles a day of biking. And so my parents usually do one to three days riding their bikes. So wow. they're pretty active for 70. That's awesome. I thought that's yeah. where you get it from then. Yeah. My, my dad's always like, you got to do everything. You always do. And then they are doing just as much, you know, and I'm like, I wonder where I get it from. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to have that same conversation with my mother, although she's not sporty, but she's always busy. It's that kind of always needing to do stuff. Yes. So I totally understand that. So you're at school, you love um, your sport and you're doing really well at it. Um, What did you do when you came to the end of your schooling? What did, did you, what's, what did you study? I suppose. Oh, well, um, corporate fitness, health, wellness, coaching, physical fitness, it's all that, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I have my teaching degree. Yeah. So I've been a public in the public schools for 27 years teaching, teaching sport. So, so it really became your life. Do you think because you did well at sport at school was why you chose it as a career? Yes. I think, yes, because I loved how I know what it did for my life, for my confidence mm. and self-esteem. It made me feel good. Mm-hmm. And I, went, and I was like, I want to teach other kids how to feel good, you know, to find something that makes them feel good. So can you, can you think of a time in your life where your sport actually made you as you said it made you feel good can you highlight a time where you go I was I mean you said before because you know you had red hair and things and and at a time (laughs) I know when I was younger red hair certainly was something that was um people would tease people about yeah I don't know that they do anymore but I I feel like they don't anymore but it did feel like that when I was a kid that that was a thing so you did say that you think sport sort of gave you this this other edge where it made you feel feel special Are there any other sort of things in your life, especially when you were younger, where you feel like being able to go for a run or, or play, um, baseball, softball, baseball, (laughs) baseball, softball, (laughs) um, helps. Do you think it helped how you not like running with it? Yeah. Not like running. 
Okay. Nothing's like running, right? right. Runners are their <laughs> runners are their own breed, and sometimes you feel like you're out there on your own. At least I know I don't. I live rural. rural. I live uh, in a small town outside of where I teach, so yeah. I don't have like a. I could join, but it's just hard because I don't live in a big town. Mm -hmm. So on a Saturday, you know, I know there's a, and I keep telling myself I need to go back. And now that my kids are getting older and, you know, I've got a senior and I've got a kid that's in college. I'm like, I know as I know for, as a, cause I'm also a personal trainer mm -hmm. um, and fitness coach online. Uh, I know what being around, surrounding yourself with other people does. And I know I need to get back to that. Yeah. I need to get back into a group because I'm getting older and I have time before I couldn't do that stuff because I had to get to my kids, take them to soccer and do those things on the weekends. But now I'm not there yet, but I know like in, it's in the cards that I want to get back into a group situation because yeah. I want sure. to show up for a race. We're doing a race this Saturday, about 25 minutes from here. It's along the river. It's an eight mile, uh, trail off-road race along the river yeah. and you show up and there's all these other crazy people like you. And you're just like, yeah, these are my people. I'm in my people. So I, I just need that more often than just on a race, you know? It's interesting um, on the podcast, how many people, how often people will say, I started running for whatever reason, X reason, wanted to lose weight. You know, I had a crappy time in my life and running yep. helped me get through it. But I stayed running, you know, once those things were sorted in some way because of the people I met, you know, because yeah. they, the people they were connecting with. Um, yeah. so it, it is, it's, I think yeah. an interesting thing that, that when you find other runners, they often have a similar view of the world. Yeah. Um, and it, it's nice to hang out with them then <laughs> other people. Who and it's hard, language. you know, I work, you know, I teach and, you know, the busy schedule. So it's hard and living in a smaller town. There's not as many people that, and then they have kids and they're busy. And yeah. so it's hard to find your, yeah tribe of runners yeah. especially living in smaller communities so yeah um, but des moines which is the main uh metro area of where i live i've heard they, of have, des moines. they have a running club and um you know i can start they'll start doing like a marathon training group this after chris after the new year so you, you can i, I know that. i need to get back around that to make myself yeah. better you know <laughs> iron sharpens iron sharpens iron you know yeah true so, so all right, you you go to college and study to be a teacher, yeah, of yep. physical stuff, <laughs> PE things. Yep. Um, did you, I assume while you were studying, you were continuing to do your sport. What kind of sport did you do at that time? Was it mostly I, running or did you do other organized no, sports? I could only do, I didn't want to overload myself with studies mm -hmm. and trying to work and, oh. you know, I'd have internships and stuff like that, you know, so I just did track yeah. Um, and I love softball. Softball was my favorite like team sport. Yeah. Um, cause you know, 400 hurdles aren't fun, <laughs> but they're it's love, hate relationship, those 400 hurdles. But <laughs> so then my coach came up to me one day at track and he's like looking for somebody to throw the javelin. I was like, I want to throw the javelin. <laughs> I'm like, then I can kind of get my throwing in actually. Actually. I don't know how that, I, I don't know how that conversation happened. I remember we were in Florida over spring break. And I had never thrown the javelin. And for some reason, he thought it was a good idea that I try to throw the javelin tomorrow wow. at Florida State University, which is <laughs> a huge university. I'm from Simpson. I'm a small private liberal college in the Midwest. And he wants me to go throw at FSU, Florida State University. Wow. And so he takes me out to this field somewhere and we start throwing it the night before. <laughs> 
And I mean, I'm all up for learning. I have a good arm from softball because I played center field. And so I go to them. I called my dad that night and I was crying because I was like, oh my God, I have to, he's making me throw. I mean, I didn't have to, but we worked on it. I was pretty much locked into it at this point. And I was crying. Dad's like, you'll be fine. You know? And so I just remember going to the meet and watching the girls that knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. I just sat there and kind of studied them and watched them. And then I went out there and I did my practice throws and didn't do too bad, I guess. Just kind of, it was just a slower pace than what they were going, you know? Yeah. And um, I ended up make, making finals at that meet. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I so I made finals. So it's just like, I kind of forget about that story because you know, my daughter's a soft senior right now and she's trying to figure out what she wants to do in her life and, you know, next steps. And it's kind of stuff like that. Sometimes you just got to go, just go for it. And if you fail, yeah. well, at least you tried. So, so how old anyway, were you then? How old was, how old is that when, cause you talk about different, your schooling levels. Oh yes. You so my daughter names, that's all. So, my daughter, <laughs> yeah. so this is her last year of high school. So she's 17. Okay. So yeah. she yeah. will be going into the, into college or mm-hmm. you know, she's looking at going into the armed forces here okay. too. Yeah. And going into nursing. So, so your college so, yeah. is our university. <laughs> we can, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 We have universities. I don't know what the, I mean, we have both. Universities yeah. run by the state and colleges okay. are more of like private. Okay. Yeah. So we just That's have the university. We don't really have yeah. private university, I don't think. I don't know. Anyway, that's a very interesting yeah. thing. We just, so I, yeah, just to try and get my head around what it, yeah, when you yes. talk about juniors and seniors and things too, we, don't, yes. we just use yep. different terms. That's all. Yes. Um, I, have a, I have a son in the university and I have a daughter that's about, that will be going, figuring stuff out. And, yeah. you know, she's got, uh, five months left of school, regular high school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, when you were studying to do your teaching, you were doing some sport as well on the side for the sound of it um, a little bit is what you could fit in anyway, that it wasn't going to, you know, interrupt your study. Did you find that running, for example, supported, your studies because there's so much that we know now probably we knew it then but we have the science to back it up even more now just how important how physical exercise is for our abilities to use our minds study yep oh I'm for sure a big proponent of that I I know it makes you it's good for your brain I mean yeah Mm -hmm. after that study the brain work it helps your brain um those you know pathways in your brain and Mm -hmm. um the depression, the anxiety, just ever physically, mentally. And then also helps the biggest thing like time management, you know, mm. um, you yeah. have to learn to manage your time. And so I've got really frustrated when I've coached in the past, their kids are like not doing good at school and parents will contact me and tell me they're going to make their kid quit the sport because their studies are going, falling behind. Yeah. I was like, no, that's not it. They just learned some time management. The sport is going to help them, you know? So I, definitely a big component of that I think sport teaches kids so much than that you know there's so much like even studies especially I read a book not that long ago based um where they looked uh, at a couple of schools in America which had done historically very poorly in educationally and then they uh, applied some sort of it wasn't just you know everyone goes for a run first thing in the morning but basically that is what happened um but it was a bit more like it was a bit more exciting for the kids I can't remember exactly the the detail um but the come up of it when they looked back at the research 
was that the kids improved something like 50% and they were suddenly the top of whatever the state was, I can't remember, um, for academic uh, achievements. Well, it was like, and my- the only thing that had changed had been this um, you know, sport in the morning, basically. It was basically oh. going for a run. Exactly. And that's a big thing with I mean, a PE teacher. And a lot of times those are classes that get cut first for mm. the arts, you know? And so it's like, I always tell the kids, I teach them like, this is the most important, you know, class you will ever have. It's like, if you don't take care of your health, you have nothing. Did COVID had to teach you that, mm. you know, like, yeah, your health, that's what it all came down to is your health and your immune system. And guess what builds your immune system? physical exercise, you know, physical fitness, hmm. you know, I mean, there's other things that build your immune system, but that's a yeah. big, a big part, part of, of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you get to the end of your, um, <laughs> it's, it's hard for me because I'm thinking about the, the lineal way that we do things here is not necessarily as li- you, you guys seem to be, you guys, Americans seem to do everything <laughs> at once. It's like, you know, you, you hold down three jobs and you study and you do an internship and you, whatever you just seem to do lots yeah. of things all together and well, it's funny. Um, busy it's, it's funny you say that because I was it's funny you say that because I was thinking about during my track time when I was running track at, at college I would go to you know I'd have my classes in the morning and then I would uh sometimes I would go I'd have to like manage run the pool like check on the pool for like an hour um actually that was at night so I'd have my classes and then I would drive to Des Moines like 30 minutes from my internship that was a paid internship. So at least I was making some money. Mm. And then I would come back and park at the track, change into my track clothes in my car, do track practice for college, you know. Then after that, I would go into the athletic building and then teach like a water aerobics class to like 80 year old people and then be done for my day. What? So, so I mean, I have done, you know, I've had, when I first graduated, I did corporate fitness. I worked three part-time corporate fitness jobs until I got my first teaching job, which was only about six months later. But when I graduated in December and schools are in the middle of the year at that point. So yeah, definitely crammed things into my life. (laughs) Try not to, try not to do that so much anymore. What is it? One of those saying, give a busy person, if you need something done, give it to a busy person because they'll get it done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely what, is cor- back off. <laughs> what, what does um, a corporate fitness look like? Tell me, that's not a phrase um, I've like, heard before. Oh, uh, corporate fitness would be like <laughs> corporations, businesses mm, have, yeah. uh, fit, fitness centers at the, at the business. So they have like gyms. And so that- you, yes. And so you would encourage, do programs, encourage people to stay active because it's helps with productivity at work. Yeah. So they would always have these wellness programs to help people be aware of how to take care of themselves. So that yeah. way they miss less work. So they're mm-hmm. healthier as a company, because it is a true thing, you know, the healthier yeah. your workers are, then the healthier your company is going to be, you know, that's very cool. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I mean, I understand that. I just don't know that that's um, a thing in Australia. They, yeah. they might have a like really big businesses or corporations might have a gym, I suppose, but whether they would ever have, you know, a professional Something. fitness person come in and I don't, I don't yeah. know. Do I, well, I haven't really heard of it. Maybe like really big, yeah. you know, where they're yeah. really big building with a lot of people. Um, yeah. 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 It's interesting. I've never really thought about it as an avenue for, you know, someone in your line yeah. of work to, 
Yeah, exactly. Interesting. (laughs) You're learning something every day. Um, So then you moved into schools. What kind of schools have have you taught in? Or do you, what age groups? Um, I have been mostly at the age group of like 15 and 16 year olds. Oh, wow. 14 to 16. Yeah. That would be more challenging. Yeah. How does that? Tell us about that a bit. Well, it's got, it's been a lot harder recently. I can tell you that it's gotten a lot tougher. Um, so why do you I've think that is, some- is that just that, that generations of the, well, you know, the current generation just has different whatever just, uh, values. Um, it is pressures. I think a lot of it is the parents are wanting us to take care of a lot of things where a lot of things okay. really need to start at home. Yeah. You know, it's like, your hands are tied, but yet, um, you know, there's just like a a lack of follow through on discipline, just not following through and setting the expectation high for that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it got worse. It's starting to get worse before COVID, but then, um, after COVID, I feel like it's been even worse after that. I think just, just, I think kids, just the maturity levels down. I feel like from just, you know, the cope coping with expectations, yeah like Like, these are the rules we have rules you know yeah um so yeah there's something just with just with it's not just an it's just a nationwide i think it's just a big nationwide thing there's just a follow through just follow through like setting expectation and sticking to it do you think, I mean, I, I don't know if this is related at all, but I've often, because I've got a teaching background as well. I Many, many years ago, I haven't actually taught for a long time, but I was a, an infant teacher. So for little kids, okay, yep. first few years of school. Um, but for me, and now because I'm so passionate about running in particular, but certainly physical exercise and oh. whether that, if that was introduced in a way that it wasn't just for your physical body, but for your mental health as well, but from a really young age and it became something like brushing your teeth. And we're going to teach you that every day we brush our teeth and guess what? Every day we need to do some sort of sort of physical exercise, which is going to help us both physically and mentally that by the time you get to the 16 and 17 year olds, then because some of what they're dealing with is a mental, like it's not necessarily, I don't want to use the word mental toughness, but to get through some of the things that, you know, out that generation now has dealing with, like my baby just turned 19 yesterday. So I've just gone through a lot of, you know, all of those things too. They're just at home. You've got one between mine. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, you just think, well, um, if they'd been taught that things like physical, well, in particular physical exercise is something that we used and it was a way to help our mental health as well by being present in the moment while you're exercising or whatever, yeah. uh, that that would give them more skills perhaps to deal with this. Maybe that's the way to put it, to deal with what life, because there's so much going on now. Like I, as much as I've been working online forever. And so therefore things like social media and, and you're just always having things coming at you always having, mm-hmm. and so there's no downtime for kids yeah if that makes like so we we like I didn't have the internet as a child <laughs> I don't know but no almost, me either yeah it just had like television and even that Thank goodness was restricted. you know so we don't we haven't had that same upbringing so you wonder and it sounds like my parents when they 
used to talk about the younger kids not <laughs> that generational change. We did, we just don't. Yes. We weren't, uh, yeah, exposed to the same sort of things that they have now been from a young age. Yeah, so I wonder whether it would have helped. I think, yeah, definitely more anxiety and depression. Um, mm. Definitely. I've, I mean, I didn't, a lot more of that in the last five years where I've actually like talked to kids about this. I'm like, I'm where I had never heard it come up in conversation before. And maybe it's all, I mean, I know it's always been there, but maybe they're becoming more aware of it. So that's a good yeah. thing, but mostly it's just, uh, um, you know, when you make things easy for everybody, then everybody expects things. They don't know how to work hard, you know? And I think that's the lesson we're missing here is saving people from everything. Like the toughest things you go through, that's when you learn, mm. you know, you can't save everybody from You got, they have to learn the consequences. And if mm. there are no consequences, then they're never going to learn, you know? Mm. So that's, that's where I think, I mean, I know when I was growing up, um, I was more afraid of my parents, you know, to come home and tell them this happened and that's not really yeah. there you don't you see that. there's some but you don't see that as much you know the fear of the uh, parents or of getting into trouble you know. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah I know um make things easy for everybody so it also I mean it's sort of related but we've talked on the podcast a few times with different either teachers or parents um that we that we should be teaching at school people um actually not being afraid of failing and that failing actually is something that will teach you because that, that, that goes along with, you know, as you said, um, when things get hard, like to actually, when you fail, you actually learn so much more than you do when you are always number one or you're always do well or or you're always win. That's the biggest thing I see. Like there's just no failure and that's, you can't protect people from fail. You've got to learn to fail. And I listen to podcasts um, been listening to, you know, I, you have to not be afraid to fail. I mean, if you don't, I, I want to fail more because that means I'm trying different things. Mm. So you should, they need to learn how to fail and fail with dignity and pick yourself up and go to the next thing, you know, mm. like, man, I really learned from that. So, I mean, if you, I'm sure you too, the biggest lessons I've ever learned in life is when I failed and I would never take them back. Mm. So all those opportunities that kids have to fail, but somebody saves them from failing, they don't get to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's tricky, isn't it? It is because for my own kids, you want to save them from everything, but you know that they're going to learn from their failures, and they have to be allowed to fail, or they're not going to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Oh, yes. In fact, I think that teach somebody said to me that that running can be almost an analogist for life. Like if. Oh, because it might, it is. It, it doesn't is. matter how good you are at your running or how long you've been running for. There will be days where your run is hard. No, no I mean, it is that's hard. exactly, that's exactly what I say. That's, and that's why I love running. That's, you know, all the reasons I love running. That's why I love it so much is like you learn all oh, this day that run was awful, but you don't take it to heart. You come back and you try again the next day, you make adjustments, you learn, you know, and it makes you appreciate the great runs. If you don't have a bad run, exactly. you're not going to appreciate the good run. Yeah. yeah. You know? Actually, I've been doing a lot of mindfulness training as well in the last little while. And but, there's a you know a big part of that is if we don't have the things that aren't great in our lives, it's not about being positive all the time. Um, yeah. It's just that if you if we don't have those things in our lives, which are all are horrible, then actually 
you're not going to be able to have anything to compare what's good either. So it's like if everything was always just positive all the time, it would be kind of vanilla and a bit boring, wouldn't it? Well, that's what I think, honestly, like this, the weather in Iowa, you know, uh, it makes you appreciate, you know, spring hits. I am just go crazy because summer and spring and the air is humid again. And I, yeah, so I like the change of, I like the change because it keeps things fresh Mm. and it, and if it was 70 and sunny every day, I wouldn't appreciate it, you know? <laughs> so, so, so um, with your teaching, have you been in the same school the whole time or have you? No, I'm in, uh, moved around? I've only been in three different districts. Okay. So three different towns in 27 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been at my recent uh, school district for 17 years. Um, I'm in my third different building because yeah. it's growing so much. So we've opened different buildings and I've always volunteered to move to the new building just because change is good. And, you know, um, we're actually getting ready to open change and open new, another building here in the next year too. So there's going to be more change. And so we'll just, yeah. So I've been in the same district for 17 years, but three different ones overall. So on top, on top of, of doing the teaching, um, PE teaching role, physical education, um, you obviously do other things, which you mentioned earlier. What other things like currently? So if we pull you through to right now, what is your work well, situation? Currently, cur- um, currently I coach hurdles. I'm a hurdle coach. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's track team. I coach track and cross country off and on for years. Mm-hmm. And they're um, all volunteers. Is that a volunteer type role? I am. Yes. Right now I'm just volunteering because they didn't, it's a small town and they have their coaches that teach in the town. Mm-hmm. So but, you know, with track, there's so many different strands. The more people you have to help, I mean, if they're, mm-hmm. you know, the more people you have, the the more you can help the kids. Yeah. So, and of course, being a hurdler, uh, mm-hmm. I love coaching hurdles. Um, so I volunteer to help those girls here in town with that. Um, and then, so I've coached. And then right now I'm a virtual personal trainer. So I've taught fitness classes off and on ever since I was in the corporate world of fitness, yeah, teaching, yeah. going to corporations and teaching exercise classes to get people off their butt, you know, cause they sit down all day and work, mm-hmm. work, work, they break. So I've taught fitness classes in person, uh, off and on for 25 years, kind of got harder when my kids got older because they had activities at night. Yeah. And then I, um, you know, living I have a 30 minute drive to work and living mm-hmm. in a more rural community, you know, um, I got tired. I joined a gym in Des Moines, so I would go work out in the morning, but then I'd have to pack my bag every day and yeah. I would forget stuff every day. Like, Oh, I guess I'm not wearing underwear today. <laughs> no, nobody needs to know. Then I finally learned to, you know, pack extra socks and underwear stash some locker in my build in my uh, office or something, but I got tired. I just got tired of getting up early and not being able to see my kids before yeah. I left the gym. Cause yeah. I wouldn't be able to come home because I was driving to 30 minutes to Des Moines to work out and then go to my school, which is right by there. So after a while I was like, I don't know how I got, well, I started to, to work with a fitness company that was, it was the only time I ever sold, um, a health product and I will mm-hmm. never do it again. Uh, you know, <laughs> just, you know, one of those marketing, you know, yeah, yeah. did that once. And so I thought, well, I want to sell, I want to make it better. So Mm -hmm. I started offering free training, like a free class with me, if you would buy this product. Yeah. 
thought, well, that's a sweet deal. I mean, right. You buy this and then you yeah. get a free workout. So that's how I started doing my workouts in the morning at like five 30 in the morning here in town. Yeah. Um, so I got, I had a good group about 10 to 12 people. Um, and then it, the gym sold and then I wasn't, uh, aligned with the person that, uh, got, you know, aligned with that. And it was just time for a change anyway. So that pushed me to, cause I wasn't certified. I mean, I've always done my mm-hmm. stuff, but I'm a teacher. I mean, I'm a PE mm-hmm. teacher. It's, I already teach it, but yeah. when you're in the personal trainer world and you probably need to get certified, people like to see that certification. So yeah. that's when I went and got my USA strength, uh, per- strength and performance coaching. And then my personal certified personal training. Um, so now I teach virtually. I'm actually, um, we live in the country one mile from town. So my husband has a mechanic shop. He does his side little gig. Yeah. And this, little, this gym here, it's a, just a single garage, um, stall, but we turned it into it's a, a kind of a mini gym. So this is where I come out to teach my fitness classes in the morning. So, so you teach, a- you teach it online from, yep. so that what they see in the background is you using your equipment yep. in your yep. gym, home gym that you've created. Yeah. So today, Wednesday. So yeah, about in about an hour, it was about 12 hours ago. I taught a five 30 to six o'clock full body strength class with dumbbells. Yeah. Um, And then I've got treadmill behind me and then I have my bike trainer here. I use, if I get tired of running, you know, sometimes cross train, break it up. So then from six to six 30, I do uh, cardio training. So I'll coach them through like, you know, instead of just having to look up a boring treadmill workout and do it by yourself, yeah. like, you know, um, I know there's other Peloton and I fit, all those are good too, but wow. like, I'm a real person and I'm yeah. coaching you, we can talk and, you know, so I do that <laughs> just every day. Just uh, interestingly, I was talking to a local runner who actually has been uh, Olympian and nice. as a, a runner, um, youngish bloke, anyway, he's injured and so while he's injured, he decided to get on the stationary bike and he said, I'm going to try out for, to be in the Australian group in esports with the station, you know, that pellet. And then I found out the other day he got in. So he got, so now he's got, nice. So, so he's representing Australia in esports in on the bike. That's crazy. Right? I was like, hold on. I just doing my head in. I was kind of, anyway. I mean, it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That you is. Like yeah. That. yeah. yeah. I was kind of like, cool. well, that's what. Yep. I've got a group that, so we meet three days a week and do that. So, wow. um, so I'm able to reach people from anywhere, you yeah. know, and, and people can't get on live with me at five 30 in the morning. Um, then they just go get to the, they can do the recording. Yeah. So your five 30 in the morning, I think here might be like, I don't know, something silly. I'd be fast asleep, <laughs> yeah. yep. but I'm assuming most of your um, people are either in your state or in your country. Yeah, some, I've had, you know, I've had some from the East coast and Canada. And so they, okay. um, people will check in with me if they do it on their own. I have them check in and let me know like how it went or post a picture, yeah. you know, just keep the momentum and keep yeah. people. So we kind of so have different promotions each month. And I wanted, did want to ask a question um, briefly before I talk a bit more about your current situation. Um, how far did you take your hurdling, like in your sport as a, when it comes to sort of professional side of it? Oh, that's my the right hurdling, word. <laughs> um, no, until I graduate from college mm-hmm. uh, or university. Um, yeah, I just did it. Then my problem with that is I was riddled with stress fractures all through oh. college. 
Mm. So, and currently my daughter has two stress fractures in each of her fibulas mm. from, cause she's kind of figured out that she needs to build a bigger base for her running mm -hmm. or her hurdle experience. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes it takes, you know how kids are, they don't listen to you. Yeah. Um, you need to run more. You want to get better <laughs> running. You need to run more. Well, she started doing awesome this summer it was up to like seven miles and doing hill workouts. And then stress fractures. She went out for cross country. She quit volleyball because wow. she was on the volleyball team forever. And then went out for cross country. They qualified for state. Wow. Um, so she got to run at state, the big meet for the state of Iowa girls wow. meet. Um, and then we finally got her x-rays and she had uh, stress fractures in each fibula, which is like oh. the 10% weight bearing bone. Yeah. Um, so she hasn't ran. So she's in that angry runny yes. or that angry the injured runner. Yep. She's experiencing <laughs> that for the first time of her life. Wow. And that Good was my experience, but not fun. Yes. <laughs> and that was my college career. Okay. Off and on stress. Well, I, that was always told it was shin splints until they finally got me in and got them x-rayed and showed me like, Oh, you got a stress fracture in both legs. You know, I'm like, and oh, this, wow. so I, same deal for her. So yeah, nothing, you know, I, I had the record and I had the record in the javelin for a while. Um, but you know, my hurdling plateaued in college just because I was hurt all the time yeah. with those stress fractures. How, how um, did you move from from what is effectively track to what I would call distance, say not on the yeah. track and, you know, out going um, many more miles. I had to find a way to still beat people. <laughs> we, we do need to talk about your competitiveness. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I, I love that. What started with my running is the competition, the co okay. competing in the 5k, you know, mm -hmm. started as a 5k and then, um, you know, I just remember, you know, I, I've always, always been an age group winner or placer, you yeah. know? Um, so, you know, I collecting, I've finally, finally got my medals. I know the people oh. on here, but I finally got my medals all displayed. Oh, look. Finally. That's amazing. I, I need to spread them out a little bit more so you can see all of them. No, <laughs> I finally got I them up that. in one spot. You know? Um, so I just started yeah, it went from 5k and then it's a 10k and then you're working, you know, at a job and they're like, oh, and they're older people that you should do a half marathon with us. Okay. You know, the positive peer pressure is what kept me going with other races. You know, you wow. just grow one and then it's try out, oh, I do a triathlon. Cause I used to manage the pool and swim. So, you know, I like to do some, I started, you know, a sprint try. I've done some Olympics, did finish, do one Ironman, half Ironman. Yeah. Um, so it just kept growing with that. I remember meeting a lady that was a little bit um, older than me and she, uh, I worked with her husband and she was a runner. And so then mm -hmm. she, I think I got, she talked me into doing my first marathon um, in Minnesota when I was like, I didn't have any, hadn't had kids yet. I think I was in like 22, 23. And I started training for it. And somehow, I don't know how it happened. I don't know if it's shoes. I, I paid for it. I trained for one month. Then I had patellar tendonitis for two months. Could not run at all. Two oh, months. No, no <laughs> I mean, absolutely no running. And then I had one month to train and then it was the marathon. And I was like 22 and I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing it. I paid for it. I'm doing it. <laughs> of course. Well, let's, let's just say that wasn't very pretty. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a horrible time, but I remember it was so cold. I'm pretty sure I was hypothermic oh, wow. and I got to mile 20 in my ex-husband 
I come around the corner and I see him and he says, I just look like a deer in headlights, like oh, get me out of here. And he, I think he walked with me for three or four miles. Cause he knows me. Like, mm. he's like, you are not, not finishing this. Cause I'm not going to listen to you. Gripe <laughs> <laughs> about not finishing this race. Wow. So I did finish it. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I, pay, I think it was like maybe four thirty. Yeah. It was, but I ran her race. I learned, see, as I learned, I learned that I went out hard with her because I always yeah. beat her, but she ended up beating me at that race because I ran her race instead of running mine. Like I usually start slow and ease into it. Plus yeah. she'd had more experience running marathons. So it doesn't sound like, um, you sound more like a three thirty runner or, or <laughs> certainly at that age. And even at that age, you probably would have been faster than that. Like had yes. you, had you trained, had the yes. ability to be able to train without the injuries and things. Yeah. I'm sure you would have done. <laughs> oh, wow. I've you- done, I mean, on, like, I've done um, two, I've only done two other marathons. I'm not, you know, I'm built, I'm pretty muscular. Yeah. And so I feel like triathlon, you know, for a sprinter, I feel like I'm more built like a, like a 10 K or triathlon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but there's also, that's also a fallacy, you know, obviously there's, yes. other, there's runners or not, but you know what you think of as a typical marathon yeah. runner, very slender, yeah. you know, no chest. Yes. <laughs> it's not my, a half marathon would be my more favorite race, okay. you know, and, but, and you marathon, do a few of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. But do you feel a, what drives you to do the races? Is it because you will do well, do you think? Or is it is are there other things that drive you to sign up for races? Well, and I, I'm sure you could probably vouch for this too. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the need to race goes in through different seasons mm-hmm. of life. Like mm-hmm. when I was younger, and I, I, I'm, sometimes I'm into the racing and sometimes I don't. I'm not into the mm-hmm. need to go racing, you know? Um when my younger years, the drive to go race was because I like the competition. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily the winning. I mean, that's always, it's always more fun when you're good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but it was just the competing, just the, just pushing yourself. I just love like that feeling, just pushing yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, like going after that sort of goal yeah, and showing yourself, you can do something like mm-hmm. setting. Yeah. I love setting a goal and achieving it. If I have something in my head and I, I, yeah, I want to, obviously just like anybody else. I'm one of those, I don't want to quit until I achieve that goal. So um, do you think you're goal driven? So I assume you still go out training, even if you don't have a race to train for. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you're, you've built a life unlike, well, actually have spoken to some people who do, who work similarly to you in similar fields, but not everyone. And of course, and so those of us who, who don't like you, your life is built around sport. So, so it's yeah. kind of you continuing to go out and do your training and stuff is yeah. sort of supports that as well to a degree. It's um not just do, what is it when you um you want to be what you're teaching as well, what you you want to lead by yeah. example, being a good example. Yep, yeah, as well. Well, it was yes, it started out yeah, definitely a competition. But then as you get older, I had kids, mm. and then I realized like. First of all, how am I going to have time to run? Yes, you know, and figuring you out. <laughs> yeah. So, as a teacher, um, my ex-husband owned a business, yeah. so he would take care. I would leave to go run. I was lucky that I could 
that he could take them to daycare. Mm-hmm. So I would go for my, I would go for my runs in the morning or I'd, I always found a time to squeeze it in either. Yeah. It was in the morning. I wasn't as consistent when I was younger. Cause I, you know, it depends on how tired mm-hmm. I was with kids and running in the morning or squeezing a run in over lunch. Or if I was lucky on the way back from where I used to work, when my kids were younger, there was a state park that had like all these little steps you go way up. Maybe it was like a killer workout um, through these like rocks and ledges. And it was oh, like, wow. took me, I timed myself how fast I could get down around, up and around that loop and back, you know, and then get to daycare and pick up my kids, wow. you know? Um, now as I started to learn as a parent, it was, I still loved competing. It was harder then, um, but it was definitely a stress, stress, yeah. it was huge stress management. And I know we haven't got into that, but for me, um, anxiety and ran in the family and I had yeah. suffered, um, from, I started having panic attacks when I was like my first year teacher. Oh, I think wow. just because I was so in charge of my life that I just felt like everything was like, ah, you know, I had a control bit. You just, I'm trying, you know, nervous about screwing up my job. Like I have to pay bills, pay off a loan, the house, kids. I mean, I didn't have kids yet when, before I started having, so I started having some anxiety and panic attacks. Mm. I had no idea what was happening until I talked to my dad who also suffered from, which I didn't know until I came home crying about it, Aww. that he had even worse panic attacks than I had experienced. And so, um, the running, I can't imagine not having running in my life and learning to deal with anxiety, you know? So so you felt that when though, when that was happening, you were able to get some relief from the, the panic attacks. Well, in the, if you've never had a panic attack, you can't really go run during it. Mm. You don't think that you're just, it's pretty much like you can't stop having a panic attack. You know, it's not a great feeling. Um, but I definitely recognized it as a preventative like if I knew okay. something that caused more anxiety than normal was going to come up, yeah. which wasn't always the key, however, yeah. Um, but going for a run before something stressful would help get rid of because when you know that yeah. fight or flight, mm-hmm. yeah, it would get rid of that pent up energy. Yeah. So if if your work then was to recognize what your triggers are, and to be able to go for a run when luckily you can see the triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Luckily, I was. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of shifted from com- beating people and competing to being a mom and finding balance in my life. And cause it, you're, I don't understand how people can work and not exercise and keep and have energy. Like people, yeah. that's one thing they always talk about when you're te- teaching and coaching, like what do people always come to you for? And everybody's like, how do you have so much energy? And I really, I, st- I stopped to think about it. Like, how do I, is it just my personality? What is it? And I started thinking like, um, to when you put money in the bank, like investment, you don't see that investment, it goes away, but it's going to come back to you. And that's kind of like energy. If you have, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to go run at 530 in the morning. I'd rather sleep in, but I know if I go, I'm going to get that energy back. So it's like mm-hmm. an investment in yourself. That's you a great know? analogy. You have to that. Get energy to get energy, mm. you know, and it's going to be tiring at first, especially if you're just starting, but it's, you know, I think that's, that's- like you said, that is one of the the hurdles that people need to get over. Is that <laughs> that it is? Um, I see what you did there. See what you did there. Um, but it's is, true. The whole hurdling thing and running and life—it's the exact parallel. Yeah, which is what I love about it. It it doesn't seem initially when you first start exercising if you haven't done much in your life since you were a kid, that idea like you have to use a lot of energy to 
to then get more energy back. And I saw that that analogy with money is is also is really valid in that way. You have to yes, give that been, money away in order to get it back yeah. um, in in the form of interest. And I hope so interest. anyway. Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. I hope it comes back. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, because little... when you give out energy, you do get more back, I think. In, and in maybe not at first, right? It takes time. Because your it's body's like, got to get used to its new moving yeah. and uh, the new things that you're doing. Um, yeah. How did you go when you had the kids when it comes? So you had a regular sort of physical thing going on because you always have. <laughs> You've always been moving. So then you yeah. had kids and, and suddenly your time, having had five children myself, I know that suddenly oh. your time, you just, you just don't, it's not your time yeah. anymore. Like if, if you have work, yes, you, know, you can is. put that in a box <laughs> and you can put the work in yeah. the box, but you can't put kids in a box. I tried, they got out of box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one thing I always try to talk to moms is like, if I have all these things going on, if I can make time for it, you've got to make time for it. You have got to take time for yourself first. My kids, I felt guilty. I mean, you know, mom guilt, no matter what mm. you do, you feel guilty, but I try to tell moms and I, you know, I'm sure I've been judged by my, I mean, I know I have, I've heard, you know, somebody say something like, how does she have time to do that with her kid? You know, like probably think I'm a terrible mom, but I don't, I, I was a better mom because of my exercise yeah. and my kids grew up seeing their mom leave for a run and come back. Mm-hmm. And I was a better mom because I exercised. Also you know? so because they, you, the example you gave them. Yeah. Through example and through, exactly. you know, getting rid of that. Stress, yeah, anxiety, not exactly. taking it out. No. Yeah, to at least in both so of those to... ways. I agree. Yeah. So you just have to get, you know, just have to make it a priority. It's got to be a priority. You have to be a priority. I, I love my kids, but I got to take care of me first before I can take care of them. You know, it's a, it'd be like when you go in a plane, you know, and they say you have to put the mask on yourself first before you can help your child or anyone yeah. else around you. Because if you're not breathing, <laughs> you can't help them. Okay. So that's really the, a great analogy, I think, for for what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you your just... ch- children, do you think that um, you've already talked about your daughter? She's obviously a bit sporty. Was you, your um, son was a bit sporty yeah. too? <laughs> I have to make sure he listens to this part. <laughs> uh, Chase, he... He hates running now, granted his feet, he's kind of got, his feet are flat. You know, he just yeah. running isn't necessarily his thing. He likes to bike. And actually I'm so okay. proud of him because, you know, as a PE teacher and a running mom, you know how it is. If you tell your kids to do something over and over again, they just ignore you. Mm-hmm. I know nothing, but I keep telling him how proud I am that, um, he has started, uh, lifting weights consistently. Yeah. And we were talking about like how to fuel, because he's really skinny and he's yeah. like, I think I've lost weight since I started working out. I said, well, what do you eat? And you know, he, sometimes he eats like a bird. I was like, did you eat breakfast? Well, sometimes I don't have time. I'm like, you worked out, you got to eat a yeah. big breakfast before you go to work, you know? So they both are very aware. <laughs> and I try, I try not, you know, he's 20. Yeah. So I can't, I just try not to open my mouth, you know, just pray, pray that they figured out because I tell him I'm like I'm not saying you need to be an Olympic athlete but he's very um driven you know specific and driven and very high like analytical thinker yeah. mm-hmm. so much like me I'm not so much like that I'm a PE teacher yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like you 
have to get, find a way to get rid of your stress and physical activity. You've got to learn to take breaks and yeah. be active. So that's all I want. I just want my, them to be, have, have, and have an active lifestyle, you know? Yeah. And I think that's as parents, that's all we can do is lead by example, whether it's, you know, it's what we're doing and, you know, sometimes the things we say as well, um, even if they seem to be ignoring it at the, the that time, it's something that then yes. is in their toolbox, whether they need it in the future. So when yes. it's it, so, whereas if we don't lead by example and show that this is a, you know, a healthier way to, to live, that it won't be anything yeah. that they've ever had an experience of, even if they, as a child, didn't necessarily get into the sport. If their parents are, then I think they yeah. believe that it is something they have access to. You know, otherwise, yeah. if it's never anything shown or an example, they don't, they won't do it. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing about running too. And your parent, I mean, you know, it's cheap. Besides, yeah. a pair of good shoes. You very know, ac- very accessible, isn't it? You don't need. You do not. Yes. Very accessible. And you don't need a lot of stuff to go do it. So you, you've been injured, obviously. How do you deal with um, injury times when you can't run? Well, it's, I, my worst injury. Well, um, I don't know if, if I qualify for the Boston marathon. Um, awesome. Qualify for Boston. What was that? 2016. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I ran the marathon in Quad Cities Marathon in Illinois. I've only ran three marathons, but you know, as a runner, you're as a marathoner, that's a big goal is to qualify for Boston. Yeah. And even, so even as an Australian I, runner, that's a big goal. <laughs> I've got yeah. a few friends who. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. And so I ran, I don't know how the stars, I mean, I know oh, I trained, I followed a training plan, I trained for the qualifier, mm-hmm. I picked a flat qualifier. Um, which luckily is only like three hours. One of the qualifiers is only three hours from here. And I ran that race the whole time I was running that race, the qualifier. Um, I was thinking, slow down. Like you're like, I was at the half marathon mark. I'm like, you don't have to go fast. Just, I kept telling myself to slow down because I feeling so good, but I'm thinking you got to pace. And so I just kept going. And I remember like, I got across the bridge, came back down and I, uh, Cross the finish line. I realized like, okay, I mean, I was contemplating like, do I go to the bat? Like I got to go to the bat. I, no, I'm not going to the bat, you know, towards the end. And I got to the finish and I realized like that I ran, that I qualified for Boston and I qualified like within like 10 minutes faster than I had to. Wow. Um, so I was, so I was so ecstatic, you know, cause yeah. I don't even know, like just the stars aligned. It was a, you know, it's one of those runs that you remember. Yeah, I love those runs. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have them as often as I used to, but I, I was standing there and I tell you, we were just standing with my cousins cause they live over there in Illinois. And, um, after running, the only thing that tasted good at that point was beer. And so I was probably like three beers in cause food sometimes after running that bar, you just can't eat yet. Yeah. yeah. But the beer tastes good, at least for me. <laughs> so I I'm sitting there drinking <laughs> beer with my family. Oh yeah. Yeah. After I can do that. And all of a sudden I start hearing call like the awards. And so yeah. I, I know I'm leading up the injury thing, but I call they're calling up the awards and they're like, um, Tracy have like third, uh, place, like Matt third masters. So wow. first of all, I'm like master. First of all, I'm like masters. I'm not old. <laughs> that was my first like- thought. I was mad because I was a master. Um, and then I realized, you know, I had gotten third place in my age in the master's section. And then I got this beautiful plaque, most beautiful plaque I've gotten in a race. Oh, I won $300. Wow. 
And then I was in the top 10 women of that race. That's like amazing. I was number 10. And so, so I qualified for Boston. It was my favorite run story ever since I've been out of college. And then seven weeks before Boston, I tore my hamstring. No. And did not get to go to Boston. How horrible. I had to, had to cancel my hotel that was like downtown where you caught the bus, mm. canceled my flights, canceled everything. And so I did Crying not get to run Boston. <laughs> you know, you're talking about how you handled injury. I, I think just from experience, I really haven't been injured that much. Really, my three biggest injuries I've had bad injuries was the shins stress fractures in college, yeah. the patellar tendonitis, um, when my first marathon yeah. and then the torn hamstring for, for the qualifying, for, you know, where I was supposed to go run Boston. And that, did you get that? Um, just, I've that, had nagging training. That was a training injury, the hamstring. Oh, how did I do it? Mm. Is that what you're asking? How I tore it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'd, I had been golfing a day in February. Cause it's usually cold in February. Yeah. I'd gone golfing. I had done a long run the day before. So my hamstring is really tight. Went golfing with my friends because it was like 60 degrees. Normally it's 20 or 30. So, yeah. and then I got back from golfing and realized I left my flip-flops or my sandals in my neighbor's car. And so, I'll, and then I was going to go for a bike ride, you know, cause it was so nice. out. So I golf. Yeah, I know. And so I get on my bike and just ride across the grass to my neighbor's yard. And instead of getting off the bike to pop the wheelie up over onto her pavement mm -hmm. to get shoes, I thought, or instead of get, I popped the wheelie, I was trying to like pop my road bike uh -huh. and I like slipped off of my, my bicycle clip, it yep. slipped and uh -huh. my other, it just went, it just went back and it was just, it just popped just you could hear no, it. Pop. It wasn't even like a, you know, running, no, you know, sprinting, no. training, injury, whatever, no. speed work or anything. It was, it was tight from the day before. Oh. Um, but yeah, I slipped my foot off of my bike and it just popped oh. and I dropped to the ground and oh. I was hoping, I mean, I was like hitting PT hard and I was like, okay, maybe I can just walk it, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, that would take forever. And that's stupid. And maybe I would ruin my chances yeah. ever run again. So I did not do that. So that's my worst. How long, that's did, my you worst. How, how long did you have off uh, running? How long did you need to? That taught me, that was probably um, probably five months. That's wow. the longest I've gone ever. And, and I remember starting back up. It definitely gave me a good insight though to train yeah. my clients that run because it reminded me how hard it is to start running. Mm. Yeah, of how, course. Cause I had to start 20 seconds. I mean, I, you know, and I remember my heart rate just shooting through the roof, yeah. like, God, I can't keep going. You know, I can only do 20 seconds, yeah. 30 seconds. So I had to start like a new runner. And so, um, yeah, that but to get through, it was just, you know, I just, like I've telling my daughter now, you just have to focus on what you can control. And at that point mm. I did not have any control over what I could do with my legs. So I focused on my nutrition. I focused mm. on upper body. I just yeah honestly, I'm, I don't know how I dealt with it, um, as good as I did. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause it's hard. Cause on the podcast, we talk about, you know, people, especially if they identify as a runner from, you know, in whatever time in their life, yeah. and then they can't run for a while. It's a bit like when, you know, elite sports people, I don't think you go through the same kind of stuff, the same sort of grieving, the same sort of 
you know, who am I if I can't run, you know, or who am I if I can't do this thing yeah. that, that identifies who I am? And so those kind of yeah. um, conversations with yourself and whether, you know, for you, I assume you're someone who's always just loved to be fit as well and healthy and could you appreciate that you even turn yeah. it into work. So your identity, although I think, you know, you very much is a runner, it also yeah. encompasses this, you know, you have a much larger thing. It's not just running that you do, you know, your life yeah. is you've got the gym behind you, for example, you know, you do other yeah. things which are support your running. But it is, yes. I would rather just run. I mean, but I've learned that I have to strength train, you know, yeah. yeah. I, my favorite thing is running, but strength training, I'm learning and now going through the perimenopause situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's me angry. <laughs> and so you can go for a run um, and get rid of that anger. <laughs> oh, I'm kind of going through, why'd you say? You can go for a run to get rid of that anger, to deal with the anger. Yes, yes. Well, you just start to see the body change, just things change. And, but I have been educating myself a lot, which I wish I would have done three years ago where I didn't realize what was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was kind of like hindsight is 20. I didn't recognize Mm -hmm. what was happening. Um, I think we moved, we were busy, you know, we got married, uh, you know, we Mm -hmm. came out to the South, just so busy and you just, I'm learning that I have to change the way I have looked at training mm-hmm. my whole life. Okay. So, um, what are the biggest I, changes coaching that? I, uh, do you, Dr. Stacy Sims, have you talked, heard, have heard her? No, I don't know if I have. She's, she's down yonder. She's down there somewhere. <laughs> New Zealand or Australia? She's down, <laughs> she's down south. She's down in that. Yeah. So her awesome book. And so, yes, so she has a book called Roar Mm -hmm. and she's coming out with a new one, but she talks about, and I love it because she's a marathoner, long Mm -hmm. distance. She's all, and she's a physio, a a female physiotherapist. She's talking about like how all, all like majority of research on fitness and nutrition has been on men, Mm -hmm. sedentary men. Mm -hmm. Well, we have nothing in common with a sedentary (laughs) man. No. Even an active man, we have nothing common with, it's, you know, perimenopause, yeah. just hormones start fluctuating and you can't tell. I mean, you, you know, it's hard to tell when things are happening inside your body, yeah. um, you know, until maybe you start to notice it physically. Yeah. So, um, the symptoms so, yeah. start to appear. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I actually just released a um, wellness webinar in my private group. Yeah. Cause I, a lot of them are, cause I say between 35 and 45 is when things start mm-hmm. to change um 45 is the average and so the biggest thing is like they talk she talks about um unless you have a run goal like stay away you know we spend so much time in that gray zone mm. you know those that you need to polarize your training like if i'm going to work really hard for a day or two then i really need to go really easy yeah. so can't just be in this zone where you're just going to go out and run five miles every day yeah right which i don't really do that anymore anyway mm-hmm. but as a runner, it's been hard to balance strength training and running because mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, I think I, for me, I always want to go run and kind of yeah. strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk about high in that hit training, like no more than 20 or 30 seconds, no more than 30 minutes of hit. And if you have more energy at the end of 30 minutes, you did not work hard enough. Like it's just gotta be very short and very intense, very intense mm-hmm. training. Yes. And heavy weights, mm-hmm. zero to six reps on weights, you know, four yeah. times six reps. Um, I've 
shied away from heavy weight training just because it makes me sore and it makes my runs yeah. harder, you know? Yeah. And, and not a lot of those long, slow distance. So I used to, you know, a lot of slow distance runs, I call, you know, LSD runs, or I used to call them my fat burning runs. Yeah. Just talk about all that time. If you, because the cortisol level, that health, the hormone that, Mm -hmm. you know, the stress hormone that we don't respond as well, that our bodies don't, um, that kicks out more cortisol, the older Mm -hmm. we get, we can't handle that as much. And so we really need to, um, stay away from that gray zone training, Yeah, which I started thinking about because there's Olympic guy at, um, that was at the marathon and he was talking about how your long, slow run should be so, uh, so easy. You look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, he's talking about your easy and it's so hard. It's so hard to run easy, long runs slow, Yeah, you know, cause you feel like you're just like, you know, I, I was doing heart rate training a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. Well, last year. Yes. And that was the, the whole purpose. I don't know if you've heard of the nine mile club, but that's nine milers the car um the idea is that to get to a marathon you don't ever run any further than nine miles in your training so which is and you know it's not your traditional way of training for a no, marathon yeah. but the concept is I to get it, but I was like no I'm not doing that but <laughs> the, the concept is to get age group runners um to the start of a marathon uninjured you know especially people who are doing it um as a uh, a bucket list type of um, activity, yep. you know, people wanting to run a marathon to say that to have done a marathon. Yeah. Um, yes. And often they end up getting injured just in the training because of the lots of the long distances and th- their body's just not ready for it. And they might be going too fast, yeah. just like you said. So the basis that. of that is that heart, heart rate training, but um, yes. and over the shorter distances. And they do do speed work as the yes. some of that quality training, I suppose. Yes. And strength. So work. that's pretty much is lift heavy, super intense hit two to three times a week with the lifting heavy and really spending, you know, spending time doing like 20 second sprints, mm. you know, rest really high end sprinting. Um, of course. And then that, you know, I, I'm just playing with it myself, you know, just trying to pay attention to that there's, of course, there's so much more stuff with like the nutrition and sleep's number one. You know, if you have a triangle, I used to have exercises, the base, then nutrition, then Mm -hmm. the stress management, then the sleep. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. you can sleep, you know, cause I'm like, I can sleep when I'm dead. Exactly. (laughs) But now that triangle is, I'm trying to implement totally flipping that triangle. So I'm really trying to focus on sleep and then stress management, then nutrition, then exercise. I mean, exercise is still number one in my heart and I'm still pretty active most days, but I'm really trying to be smart about the training. You know, if I did sprint training today, I'm not going to run any next two days and then have that eight mile race. You know, when I think about that, and even as you're saying, there's bits of me that just want to put your triangle in a circle (laughs) and and not give anything any more weight than anything else, because everything has, it's, is really important. You could focus on nutrition and Yep. and really get your life on, in shape. You could focus well, on your sleep and get your life in shape and you certainly can focus on your exercise, which will then yes. get your stress levels and things, you know. So, And I say that, and I think that too, until I think, okay, but if your sleep is not, if you are not getting good sleep, you don't want to go kill yourself exercising. Yeah, you know? 
Yeah. And then it also talks about like sleep. You have a hormone that, uh, how to say it, your hunger hormone that if you're not getting good sleep, then you're going to be, you eat your tendency to eat more because you, that hormone is released more and it makes you hungrier, um, which then affects your nutrition, you know? So it's all like, it's just all like, then your stress management releases cortisol. And so if your cortisol (laughs) is already up and then you go exercise, then it's up even more, you know? So, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's fascinating. I love it. Isn't it great that we can keep learning all this and, I almost feel sometimes because I'm sort of doing it from the level or from the angle of mindfulness and exercise, whereas, you know, you've got this other. um, Well, I'm trying to be. It's all all new. It it feels new. It feels like we're not cutting edge. That's not the right word to use per se. But we we still, I still don't think we know. Well, no, no, we don't know a lot about all of this. We're still. And that's the whole Stacey Sims. You have to read about that because that's all kind of because like she talks about like this is specific to women. Everything we hear is specific to men. This is specific to women mm. and our hormones, you know? Mm. Um, so I really like that aspect I of it. it. I didn't ever think about any of that stuff. I mean, even this perimenopause stuff, like, oh, I can't still run long, slow distance and burn off the calories I ate the day but before. I love no. doing that. I, love I know, you know, I do too. But like she says, if you're going to do that, there's just proper ways to fuel yourself for that. Okay. And then also polarize it. So obviously if you're going to do a long, slow run on Saturday or Sunday, you haven't done anything really hard. You only have like another hard day at the be- way over here at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're going hard, 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 you know? Yeah. So yeah. No, I'm a pretty late. I call myself a lazy runner. So I'm pretty good at not doing hard back to back. Well, that's good, but I am trying, you know, in that whole mindfulness, I guess I am trying to be more mindful of and not ignoring my body anymore. Yeah. I'm just, not, I just can't keep pounding away mm. and I'm and stay healthy. I've got to mm. train smarter, not harder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but by like what I try and teach is that there are moments in your runs, in all of your runs that can be more moment, more mindful um, yep. where you can be present, really present, whether it's, you know, listening to your heart rate or, or your, your breath, people usually hate listening to their breath <laughs> or what's going on in, around you, like just really paying attention to yeah. what's in the environment through your senses. So a lot of yeah. those things can just bring us to being right I, now. I love the birds. Some moments. The sunsets, right? The sun yeah. rises, the birds, the stars, yeah. those early morning runs. Yeah. And being grateful for all of that because it's amazing. Oh, yeah. it's awesome. It is. I love it. My favorite um, is falling. Have you seen like a falling star in like that five, you know, early morning run? I've seen like a meteor a few times. Oh, wow, that, that, I don't think I've seen that while I'm running. I've seen the sun come up plenty of times, but I yeah. don't think I've seen, like cool. I've seen them when I'm camping and yeah. <laughs> looking yeah. at the stars. Well, Roger, I call Roger, my husband, I, I go, did you see that? He's like, no. I go, you didn't see that? He's like, no, I'm looking at where I'm running, not at the yeah, sky. That's what I was thinking of. I don't know. I was like, I kind of look up on mine, and sometimes I can't. That's really cool. Um, Uh, Are are you training for anything at the moment for your your runs? Have you got a race ahead? No, I am waiting until the New Year's. We, I actually threw my name in the hat for the Chicago Marathon, um, because that's a draw, and they have to draw your name out for that. So. That's I'm kind of waiting. I should know December 8th if I made that. Ooh. So if I make it to the Chicago Marathon, I guess I'm going to run another marathon. I'm 48. 
So I figure I need to run another marathon before I turn. <laughs> I need to run a mar- another marathon before I turn 50. So awesome. um, I, set, I, I don't know if I want to say stupid goals, but I set goals like that. Like you just have to say stuff to make it happen because like I'm otherwise time goes by and you didn't do it again. You know, it so, does. Uh, I'm a bit like that too. I like that. And it, it if it motivates uh, you, then go for it. Yes. So I'm like, you know, and I looked at the marathon time to qualify for Boston. I'm like, gosh, I don't know if I could do it again, you know, but I am older now. And so the time's slower. That's right. (laughs) That is, that is one of the benefits. Chicago marathon. If I get in, um, if not, then I stepped away from spring races right now because I know how stressful I stressed I am in the spring with teaching and coaching track. So, um, I won't do Roger and I talked about doing another Ironman, like a 70.3 Ironman here in, in Iowa. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to do another, I'm, I'm really itching for another really intense training period. You know, like I really want to yeah. have that training plan printed off and checking yeah, off the where you've got like six months or whatever to, well, yeah, maybe five, four or five, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to get down to oh. at, the, at the moment, I'm doing a, um, a streak. Because as a few people that I've had on the podcast, I'm streaking running too. streaks, <laughs> and which means I have to run every day. But the minimum I run is a two k, which is you know I don't even know. There's probably one mile or something. It's not very yes. far. Anyway, so that's the minimum. But then I do my normal because I run you know yep. fives and tens during the week as well. But when I when it would normally be a, a non-run day in my old one, I, I just do a two k, and it's feeling yes. really good because I'm ticking it all off and having a bit I know, of fun I love- with it. That's, you know, and that's what I've learned with my business too. If I, if I can, if I can execute, like get to find out what works for you. If I can execute a training plan that's written down and it's on my desk mm. and I can cross off. So same thing with my business. I learned like, if I write down, this is what I do on this day. This is what I do on this day. Then I will do it, you know? Yeah. So I kind of take again, the whole running and life and try to learn. Yeah. Mix together. it together. It's that yeah. um, primary school teaching from my um, you know, younger years when I was oh. teaching primary school, but, you know, putting up golden star, you know, putting up stars on charts and things. Hey. That, oh, it works for us adults as well. Yes, yeah, it works. <laughs> we all it actually was only talking about it with someone yesterday. It's fascinating how these things come up uh, <laughs> across the across all conversations. Yeah, just find out what works for you, right? Yeah. So, Tracy, how long do you think you'll run for in your life? That's a question I often ask people. I would like to be the run. I tell I'd like to be the running grandma. Yeah. I want my would make me so happy. It would be to run a race with my grandchildren. Oh. You know, that would be so cool. That so I plan on cool. running. I plan on running until I can't, I plan on running until I die running. And I want to, you know, I want to be lifting weights. I love I'm not going to, you know, unless I don't, unless I, something happens to me, I don't ever plan on stopping. Yeah. You know, cause you know that lifting strength training is, you know, just important especially as older and you see, you know, your uh, friends, family members that are getting older and they can't do mm. things anymore. They haven't implemented those things mm. in their life. They don't have the strength to just do, do normal things. life. Isn't it just even just normal life. Like, I don't want to be like that. You know, mm. I see these older 70, 80 year old people showing up to do the triathlon. There's a local triathlon. I do just like not even 10 minutes down the road. You know, I just love that. I want to be that old person that awesome. people are looking at like, dang, she's old. She's awesome. She's doing I it. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Life's too short. It is. Yeah. So we should make the most of every moment and being healthy is how you do that. If you're not healthy, it's really hard to make the most of it, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, 
If you were to think about your life without running, what would you be missing? What's running giving your life, do you think, that's? What would be missing? Yeah. So if you didn't have running in your life, what would your life be missing? Probably be in an insane asylum. (laughs) (laughs) I am a redhead. I got to run off the crazy, you know? Well, (laughs) you're driven. I think redheads are really like, yeah, Yeah. you don't mess with a redhead. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I can't even imagine what it would be like. I would be not healthy. I'd be tired and grumpy. Mm. I'd be overweight probably because of eating sugar because I love sugar. You love sugar? (laughs) I'm trying to stay away from I love, yeah, love chocolate. Um, I I don't know. I wouldn't, you know, I have some friends, you know, the friends that you have through the running community. Um, I, I don't know. It would be a black hole. I feel like It'd be quite different. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I, I just I can't imagine how bad I would feel physically. I you know without that energy, I don't know what it would, how bad that would feel. You know, it's a real outlet, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. An outlet for energy and negative emotions and things, but also uh, it gives you energy as well. It has it's quite a unique little thing that we're we're made to run like our bodies are made to run yes yes that is a good I mean that's what Roger he said because with I've been talking to him about this training and needing to like maybe you know not running six or seven days a week you know Mm -hmm. it's not um you know as far as like Mm -hmm. three five seven ten miles you know backing up you need to find another hobby (laughs) (laughs) and I do I mean I love gardening and flowers and stuff like that yeah um I love doing that stuff but it's winter now and so they're dead <laughs> so that's another thing hobby, i don't think about when i because we don't have snow that comes to the ground where we live it's like you don't yeah think about living so, in snow and it's, it is crazy because like my hobby is uh t- talking about fitness planning workouts i mean yeah. i it's pretty, yeah it's i i do enjoy um learning you know the mental health aspect and teaching mm. people about that too because mm makes a big difference. Mm. If, oh. I always feel like, you know, people go to a psychologist or something for help mentally, you know, yeah. but they should be required to have a physical challenge because whenever you, you know, like why mm. those two should come together. So I've thought mm. about getting like a, going back to school to get a mental health counseling degree, but yeah. I don't know. So something, else. add something else to your plate. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll just focus on my business stuff right now. I think my mother uh, moved from teaching to art therapy. She trained, became an art therapist about the same time as I really started getting addicted to running in my um, mid to late 20s, uh, which was a very long time ago now. But I remember when you're in that, when you start running, you become like a running Nazi. Why isn't everyone running? This is amazing. Everybody should run. You know, <laughs> so, so I can remember I've got, you know, all of my mum's conversations about therapy in my head and um and running. And I'm like, these two things should go together. <laughs> you know, it's I know. running and therapy. Well, so. I mean, they do. I know there mm. I feel like there should be a thing like a run therapy. I mean Yeah. Yeah. Which I think it's kind of what I'm getting at a bit with my mindful movement stuff. Like yes. putting the two together a bit. Yes. Uh, it should be a tool at least in I feel like it should be more of a streamlined um, thing. Yes, mm. it should be. Yeah, yep. more than like, it okay, is. Okay, what do you like to do? Run, bike, swim. Okay, this is what you're going to train for. Yeah, off you, you go. Know. 
<laughs> put them on a training plan. So not only do you check in them with what's been going on in their life and their brain, yeah. but also I love fitness. Training. Yes, we should get together. We organize that. There we go. <laughs> sort, yeah. sort, sort these people out, all of us, because yep. we know it's helped us so much in our mental. Not um, how much it would help society overall, you know? Oh, yeah. I love it. All right. I've kept you for ages because we could talk forever. So yes. before we go, uh, is there anything about running in particular that we haven't talked about that you would like to share? No, I really think the biggest things we have talked about the mental health, um, you know, the competition, the social health, spiritual, mm. you know, all of it, all we covered how awesome running is, you know, <laughs> and if everyone, pretty much everyone can do it and should at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of my clients I talk to, you know, don't run or some, you know, the ones that don't run. Um, I talk about, you know, you can, those that walk, you can still incorporate these interval training in your walk, like walk slow, walk fast, you know, walking fast is tiring and it can kick up your metabolism and, you know, endorphins in your brain. So you can, yeah. you know, apply that to other cardiovascular, uh, things Yeah, like sprint intervals on the bike mm. and so yeah that's none awesome. of that gives you the same rush that was running <laughs> <laughs> you should still run between the you know one pole and another pole and then do some walking yes <laughs> awesome yes um all right before we wrap up can you give me some tips for people who come to you and say tracy i would love to start running where do i start what would you say for a beginner runner um well i would say well what is your goal we have to identify what is your point of running? Are you trying to just, you have to identify what is it you want to just be able to run for 10 minutes straight? Do you want to train for a 5k? Mm -hmm. What is your goal with the running? Do you want to lose weight? So I would, I would make them, I had a client, she was all over the place and I finally, and she's like, thank you for making me stop. Cause she <laughs> wanted a goal. Like, what is your goal? Like, you know, so that is number one. What's the goal of the running? Yeah. Um, and then of course, good shoes. Mm -hmm. Number one, you have to have good shoes. You have to not compare yourself to others. You yep. have to um, be consistent. Oh yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite. Consistency is key. It is it really is with trying to lose weight, running, fitness journey, mm. whatever it is, consistency over intensity. And it's not going to come in a year, you know, your difference in your running in first year and third year is going to be huge. I'm thinking of a client of mine that she couldn't even run a 5k a couple years ago. And she just ran her half first half marathon and she like blew it out. She ran it like a minute and a half for minute, minute and a half faster per mile than she, her goal was. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Great. You know, so just those would be it. The consistency is big. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I think in everything in our life that's positive, um, it's consistency that, that gets us there. It is. You know, the podcast, you know, what yep. you're doing with this, consistent <laughs> yeah. at it. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And that whole comparison thing is really bad. Oh, you can't compare. We, we do mention that quite a bit. Like a lot of people have brought that up in their tips, actually, the, the um, comparisonitis and only comparing yourself to yesterday rather than comparing yourself to somebody else. It's just yep. not, not, yeah, I mean, it's not helpful. Yeah. No, because we're all built differently. Hmm. You know, we all have lots of different stuff going on. So 
yeah, like even just like the person standing next to you saying a run, who knows what, you know, they might have started running yesterday or they might have been an Olympic runner at some point and you just didn't know that. Yeah. Like you, you just don't know. Like people or whatever, like something horrible. Oh, like just come back in a different life, an Olympic runner would be pretty cool. Oh, that should be a question. Do you know, if you could come back as you know, something else, what would it be? <laughs> there you go. That would be a good ending question, right? Yeah. Uh, Lolo, you know Lolo Jones. Do you recognize that American? Well, she's an American hurdler. Uh, yeah, was uh, she in the Olympics? She was. She's been Olympics a couple times. Yeah, Lolo. The- she was supposed to get like. Yeah, in the past she was supposed to get first place in her hurdle. She was ranked first. I don't remember what year it was, but mm. she hit a hurdle and ended up like fifth. Oh, or something. Um, and she's never never got that gold medal. Mm. But it's pretty cool because she um I she actually responds back to me on Instagram sometimes. We chat, so we kind of support each other on running stuff. Oh, that's awesome. She's actually because she's actually from Iowa and we're both hurdlers. Yes. But she's uh eight years, she's younger than me though. So yeah. Oh, that's really so, cool. Anyway. <laughs> I love yeah. that. All right. Um, I'll wrap it up. Don't go I'll say goodbye to you off the recording as well but again a massive thank you it's been awesome to get to know you I've loved it it's just we could just keep talking for another you know three or or four hours (laughs) I need to let you get going and I've got another meeting in 20 minutes (laughs) to to wrap it up but thank you I really appreciate your time and the awesome wisdom you've shared thank you I hope I helped a little bit I'm sure you have Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.